Hello, and welcome to our second podcast in our End Times series. Uh, my name is Keith Sieber. I'm pastor of New Beginning Baptist Church in Palm Coast, Florida, and we'll be finishing up our first message or our first lesson uh, titled Declaring the End from the Beginning. And we are going to start off with a little bit of review before we dig uh, into the rest of the message here. Isaiah chapter 46, verses 9 to 13 is the passage that we're uh, taking our message from. And Isaiah chapter 46, verses 9 to 13 says, Remember the former things of old, for I am God, and there is none else. I am God, and there is none like me. Declaring the end from the beginning. God knew the end at the beginning. And from ancient times, the things that are not yet done, saying, My counsel shall stand, and I will do all my pleasure. Calling a ravenous bird from the east, the man that executeth my counsel from a far country. Yea, I have spoken it, I will also bring it to pass. I have purposed it, and I will also do it. Hearken unto me, ye stout-hearted, that are far from righteousness. I bring near my righteousness. It shall not be far off, and my salvation shall not tarry. And I will place salvation in Zion for Israel, my glory. Now, no statement like that found in the, the verses I just read, in, the, in that passage of Scripture, no statement like that has ever appeared in any book written by a mortal man. The passage I just read contains divine and supernatural claims, which because of their very nature, could be found only in the infallible living word of God. You know, we can believe the Bible. And the Bible is God's holy word. In God's holy word, we find history written in advance. God causes history to run in the mold of prophecy. Uh, Titus 1-2 says, In hope of eternal life, which God that cannot lie promised before the world began. The holy scriptures are God-breathed. Through the Holy Spirit, God spoke everlasting truths, things that have literally come to pass and things that are yet to come to pass. The man who penned our Bible recognized God as reigning on the throne of his eternal glory, ruling over the universe, and overruling in accordance with his perfect, unerring will, which cannot be broken. Uh, fulfilled prophecies we mentioned last time prove unfulfilled prophecies. Events which have occurred and are occurring all around us prove beyond any shadow of doubt that the Word of God can be trusted. The Word of God can be believed and it can be lived by. Events past and present prove that the prophetic declarations of all Scripture, both Old and New Testaments, are positively and unalterably true. For the Word of God cannot be broken. Uh, Matthew twenty-five thirteen says, Watch therefore. For ye know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. Watch, therefore. We need to pay attention to what's going on around us. Pay attention to what's going on in the world. We need to give heed to things that are, that are happening around us, uh, whether it's just the riots or it's wars or it's uh, political things going on around us. Uh, the, the decay of society. We just need to pay attention, be aware of events that are happening around us, and as uh, be aware of world events and as they point to prophetic happenings. Uh, we need to watch 
need to watch, therefore, we need to be looking and praying and seeking for God to give us discernment as to his end times pronouncements, his end times prophecy. We need to be watching. We need to be studying. We need to be anticipating the ultimate and total fulfillment of all that God has said in his word that will happen in these last days, for we are in the last days. That wraps up our little bit of a review uh, uh, from the previous lesson. We're going to move on to the rest of our lesson or the rest of our message, talking about the end from the beginning, That we're, our message we've got from Isaiah chapter 46, verses 9 to 13. But first, I just wanted to say a word about our, our church services. Uh, the past weekend, we've had an exciting time. We were able to uh, celebrate celebrate Christmas Eve with our church folk. We had a Christmas Eve service, a candlelight service, and that was just such a wonderful service. I really enjoyed that. I enjoyed closing out the, our Christmas Eve service with with the candlelight and with the singing uh, the Christmas hymns. It was such a special time. And then we got to have church on Christmas Day and just celebrate Christ's birth on Christmas Day. And that was just another special time of meeting together and just focusing on the Lord, focusing on Jesus and just what a great Savior he is. And our, our message was just on the wonderfulness of Jesus. And uh, we, just, uh, we just wanted to celebrate him and, and, point, and, and point others to him and just make much of Jesus in our church as we go along. And, and uh, as we study the end times also, it, it's really just all about his dealings with mankind, his dealings with Israel, and his ultimate uh, glorification, his ultimate exaltation as King Jesus uh, in the, his eternal kingdom and in that millennial kingdom at the end of the age. So getting back to our message, you know, we can trust what the Bible tells us of the end times. In the scriptures, God has provided us with everything we need to know about the end times. We can trust all of it. Uh, we can trust all the prophecies contained in the Bible. We can trust that they are all of divine origin. We can trust what the Bible tells us of the end times. Because the Bible is the ultimate authority on all things in our lives, we need to submit to that ultimate authority then. And by submitting to that ultimate authority, uh, we need to trust what that ultimate authority says. We need to trust what the Bible says concerning the end times. We can trust the accuracy of the author of Scripture. 2 Timothy 3, 16-17 says, All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect thoroughly furnished unto all good works. The Apostle Peter gives us key insight regarding the human and divine interchange in the writing of Scripture. Uh, he says in 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 21, For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. Now Jesus confirmed the divine authority of Scripture. Matthew 4, 4 says, But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Scripture will not perish. Scripture will not pass away. Matthew 5, 17, 18. Think not that I am come to destroy the law 
or the prophets. I am not come to destroy, but to fulfill. For verily I say unto you, till heaven and earth pass, one jot or one tittle shall in no wise pass from the law, till all be fulfilled. So scripture will not pass away. The Bible is infallible. John 10, 35, if he called them gods unto whom the word of God came, and the scripture cannot be broken. The Bible is infallible. The Bible is without mistake. The Bible is without error. John 17, 17, sanctify, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. And the Bible is historically reliable. Matthew 12 and verse 40, for as Jonas was three days and three nights in the whale's belly, so shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. The Bible is historically reliable. So a question. We're studying the end times. We're looking at the, the second coming of the Lord. We're looking, we know that's in the future. We know it's a prophetic event that's prophesied to happen uh, in the future. As it prophesies to happen at the end of the tribulation, we're going to have the, the rapture first and all the, all the uh, events of the tribulation, that seven-year tribulation will occur. And then we have the consummation of the age. We have the second coming of Jesus Christ. But I have a question. Why hasn't the Lord come back already? Why hasn't he come back already? Second uh, Peter 3.9 tells us the Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. I believe that answers our question. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise. He will fulfill his promise. As some men count selectives, but as long-suffering, he's patient. He's long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. God is a loving and patient God. He is providing plenty of time for people to repent of their sins and to come to a personal relationship with him. We all need that personal relationship with him. We all need to come to that personal relationship with Jesus Christ by faith and accept him as our Savior. We need to make sure as we begin to study the end times, like I mentioned, it's, it's going to be a long study. We were six months into our study of the end times at our church here at New Beginning Baptist in Palm Coast, and we haven't even gotten to the book of Revelation yet. We're almost there. We've got a couple more messages, and we'll be in the book of Revelation. But we've got a long uh, Long road to hoe here as, our, as we study the end times. need to make sure as we begin to study the end times that we are prepared for the end times. We need to examine ourselves. We need to make sure, we need to make 100% sure that we have asked the Lord Jesus by faith to become our Savior. Ephesians 3.17, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye being rooted and grounded in love, it is by faith. He dwells in our hearts by faith. We are saved by faith, not by works, not by things we do, not, by, not because our parents were saved, not because we keep these traditions, not because we've always believed in him. We are saved by faith. It takes faith in the death and shed blood of our Savior on the cross, paying the penalty of our sin in our place, dying for us that we might have eternal life through his death. Hebrews 9.28 so Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many, and unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. He was crucified. Jesus was crucified. 
he was buried, he rose again, so that we might have life and have life more abundantly. So that we could not have to face the times that we will be studying. So that we will not have to face that seven-year tribulation that we'll be looking at. He was crucified. He was buried. He rose again. He, he conquered death in the grave so that we might have life and have it more abundantly. So that we would not have to face the times that are coming for those who will be left behind here on earth after the rapture of the church. I'm going to ask a question. Are you 100% sure you're on your way to heaven? Second uh, Peter 1, 10 says, Wherefore the rather, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. Now, if you are not sure about your salvation, please, I, I mentioned it in our last podcast, please contact our church. You can go to our website, newbeginningbaptist.church, and it has all of our contact information there. Uh, please contact us and we will walk you through and show you from the Bible how you can know for sure you are saved and on your way to heaven. Wherefore, the rather, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. Uh, one thing in our next point here in our, in our lesson, in our message, is Israel reborn as a nation. We're going to take a look at Israel being reborn as a nation. This has been one of the most important and key prophetic events of our age. Certain Bible prophecies related to a desired destruction of Israel. And this could not take place uh, until there was an Israel to destroy. Certain Bible prophecies relate to a desired destruction of Israel, and those could not take place until there was an Israel to destroy. Uh, Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 10 and verse 24 says, And I will multiply men upon you, all the house of Israel, even all of it. And a city shall be inhabited, and, all, and the waste shall be builded. For I will take you from among the heathen and gather you out of all countries and will bring you into your own land. Jews began returning to the land of Israel in the late 1800s. They have returned to Israel from over 120 countries, speaking no fewer than 83 different languages. And for the most part, they have returned to the land of Israel, sadly in unbelief. And one day, they will recognize that it is the Lord that has brought them back to the land of Israel. And they will recognize it is the Lord Jesus that is their Messiah. Ezekiel chapter 37, verse 7, and verse 13 to 14. So I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I prophesied there was a noise, and behold a shaking, and the bones came together, bone to his bone, and ye shall know that I am the Lord when I have opened your graves, O my people, and brought you up out of your graves, and shall put my spirit in you, and ye shall live, and I shall place you in your own land, then shall ye know that I, the Lord, have spoken it and performed it, saith the Lord. Now we're going to look at Ezekiel chapter 37. Several messages, several lessons on down the road in our study on the end times. Uh, but for now, we just want to touch on that. Now these dry bones coming back together is the long, dormant nation of Israel coming back together again. The graves are referenced to the Gentile nations in which the Jews have been living. The Lord is taking them from these Gentile nations. He's assembling them again as a nation in the land of Israel. Now, the placing in their land refers to, of course, a re-established nation of Israel which officially became a nation again May 14, 1948, 
with a population of just over 800,000. In 2021, that population had grown to over 9 million. The population increases yearly. Immigrant Jews return to Israel by the tens of thousands each year from all corners of the earth. We are literally witnessing the fulfillment of Bible prophecy as these Jews return to their homeland. Isaiah chapter 11 verses 10 to 12 says, And in that day there shall be a root of Jesse, which shall stand for an ensign of the people, to it shall the Gentiles seek, and his rest shall be glorious. And it shall come to pass in that day that the Lord shall set his hand again the second time to recover the remnant of his people, which shall be left from Assyria and from Egypt and from Pathros and from Cush and from Elam and from Shinar and from Hamath and from the islands of the sea. And he shall set up an ensign for the nations and shall assemble the outcasts of Israel and gather together the, the dispersed of Judah from the four corners of the earth. The Lord is bringing back Israel into their land. We're seeing Bible prophecy fulfilled literally right before our eyes. As you look around, you can see the signs of the end times all around us. Watch, therefore. We need to be watching. Watching Israel. Watching the wars and the rumors of wars and listening for that and seeing how how the world seems like it's rushing towards a one-world government. The world seems like it's rushing towards a one-world religion. The world seems like it's trying to get rid of all the, the constraints, all the, 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 the moral teachings of Christianity. It's trying to get rid of all that. It's trying to bring the world together under this ecumenical one-world religion and, and government. You could just see it everywhere. You can see the nation of Israel being brought back together. We need to watch, therefore. Now, speaking of Israel, for better understanding of the current state of Israel, let's, let's look at a, a brief uh, summed-up timeline of the reborn nation of Israel. In 1881 to 1900, about 30,000 Jews who had been persecuted in Russia moved to Palestine. So we have that first movement to Palestine. It's mainly uh, persecuted Russian Jews that moved back. In 1897, the goal of reestablishing a home for the Jews in Palestine received a boost by the Zionist Congress convened in Switzerland. Between 1904 and 1914, 32,000 more Jews who had been persecuted in Russia moved to Palestine. So we see another movement from Russia to Palestine. Between 1924 and 1932, 78,000 Polish Jews moved to Palestine. And then between 1939, excuse me, between 1933 and 1939, 230,000 Jews who were persecuted in Germany and Central Europe moved to Palestine. We, we see a great influx, influx of Jewish immigrants in the 1930s. And we know why, because of that, that severe persecution that was going on uh, in Germany and Central Europe at that time. And then between 1940 and 1948, 95,000 Jews who had been persecuted in Central Europe moved to Palestine. And during part of this same time period, over 6 million Jews were murdered in the Holocaust by Adolf Hitler in Nazi Germany. And in 1948, the nation of Israel was reborn. In 1967, Israel captured Jerusalem, the West Bank, and the Golan Heights during the Six-Day War 
which was precipitated by a surprise Arab invasion. And it's miraculous. You can see God moving in that six-day war. If you, ever, if you want to look that up and read a bit of history on that, you can see God protecting and God, God moving in that war. So we have a prosperous, reborn Israel now. Israel's prosperous. We have a prosperous, reborn Israel in the world now. Now, Bible prophecy indicates this reborn nation of Israel will become prosperous. And we're seeing that right before our eyes. This prosperity then sets the stage for the reason of a future invasion of Israel. Ezekiel 36 and verse 30 says, And I will multiply the fruit of the tree and the increase of the field, that ye shall receive no more reproach of famine among the heathen. They're going to be prosperous. The nation of Israel is interwoven in all the end times prophecies. A northern confederacy and the nations controlled by the Antichrist will want to destroy her. The Bible promises blessings to those nations that bless Israel and curses to those that do not. America's future could very well be tied with whether she continues to stand with Israel or not to stand with Israel. Genesis 12:3, And I will bless them that bless thee and curse him that curses thee. And in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Now we are coming to the conclusion of this second podcast on the end times. As I mentioned in our first one, these first couple of podcasts will be shorter in length as we're uh, working on these. On these, But in the future, uh, they will be longer. And some of them may be quite long as we study the end times. But, but like I said, these first couple of podcasts are going to be a bit shorter than the rest of them will be. So our conclusion uh, to our first lesson, our first message on the end times, declaring the end from the beginning. You know, we would be amiss if we did not recognize the importance of Bible prophecy and how it points all those who study it to Christ. Bible prophecy points us to Christ. It points us to Christ, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. All Bible prophecy if you follow it down to its eventual conclusion, either points directly to Christ or points out one of the attributes of God's nature. So we need to keep in mind our Savior will one day rule and reign on this earth in the millennial kingdom. Now his life, his death, and his resurrection is what makes it possible for all of us to take part in this millennial kingdom with him. We need to make sure, again, we need to make sure of our salvation. If there are any doubts, we need to turn to the mighty, gracious, and loving Jesus Christ and truly accept him as our Lord and Savior. We need to call him into our heart and make confession of him with our tongue. Romans chapter 10, verse 9, 10, and 13 that thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now we have a promise-keeping God. God keeps his promises. Bible prophecy points out that God keeps his promises. It points out and demonstrates the justice of God, points out and demonstrates the mercifulness of God, and that he bled and died to give all, to give all of us the opportunity to not have to face the justice that we deserve. 
but to take the penalty that he paid in full for us instead and accept his loving mercy and grace bestowed on our behalf. Now, the end times Bible prophecy shows us what great love Jesus has for the whole world and that he wanted to provide a way for the whole world to not have to go through all the plagues and judgments of the end times. Have you accepted Jesus as your Savior? Have you acknowledged your sins and the future punishment and judgment you will face because of them? If not, call on Jesus today to be your Savior. So why did Jesus do all he did to save us from that future judgment? Why did he do that? Why did he do all that that he did? Why did he come? Why did he be born of a virgin? Why did he he come and grow up, be born a baby and grow up and live that perfect sinless life and and go to the cross and and die and, and pay that penalty for us? And why did he do all that to save us from that future judgment? He did it simply out of his great and merciful love for us. John three sixteen to 17. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Well, that wraps up our, our second podcast on the end times. It was a shorter one. Uh, we'll begin to have some longer ones here in the not-too-distant future. Uh, but again, I want to thank you for taking the time to listen. I'd like to encourage you to keep listening. We have a journey, uh, a great journey of studying the end times uh, as taught in God's Word. Uh, we, we, we believe in just the literal interpretation of the Bible. We believe in comparing Scripture to Scripture. We believe in allowing the Bible to interpret itself. Uh, we do not uh, try to force our our beliefs into the Bible. We let the Bible speak for itself. We draw out of the Bible what it teaches. Uh, we believe in the, the golden rule of Bible interpretation. That's going to be our guide on this journey. And that golden rule says, when the plain sense of Scripture makes common sense, seek no other sense, but take every word at its primary literal meaning, unless the facts of the immediate context clearly indicate otherwise. Now, the Bible tells us we are to study and teach the whole counsel of God, Acts 20, 27, for I have not shunned to declare unto you all the counsel of God. We need to be studying the end times. You need to have that knowledge, that familiarity with the end times. And not just with the end time scriptures found in the book of Revelation. We need to study the whole counsel of God. We need to look at the end times found in, in the, all the, the books of the Bible where it's found. We need to at least have a familiarity with these other key passages of the end times. We have familiarity with the prophetic teachings in Daniel. We need to understand the prophetic teachings in Matthew 24 and 25 and, and Ezekiel and, and Leviticus and how all those tie together. We need to, we need to understand that. And we need to uh, understand that the Bible is true. The Bible is reliable. We can trust it. And so, in our church, and as we're gonna, as our guide to the study, we believe in that that interpretation, that golden rule of Bible prophecy. When the plain sense of Scripture makes common sense, seek no other sense. We believe in that historical, literal interpretation of the Bible. We believe in allowing the Bible to speak for itself. Uh, we compare Scripture to Scripture, comparing spiritual things with spiritual things, as Paul tells us. So that's going to be our guide on this journey uh, through the Bible. 
And I hope you'll stay with us on this as we study the end times. Like I said, it's we have a, we've been studying about six months now at our church, and we're just about two messages away from starting uh, the book of Revelation. So we'll have this will be a long journey, but it'll be a rewarding journey. A, a, I hope you'll uh, learn a lot, be reminded of a lot. I know a lot of it will be review, but it'll be a, a great time of study, a great time of growing in the Lord and growing in the knowledge of His Word.